This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Joyful Courage, a conscious parenting podcast where we tease apart the challenges and nuances of parenting through the adolescent years. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and adolescent lead at Sproutable, where we celebrate not only the growth of children, but also the journey and evolution that we all get to go through as parents. This is a place where we keep it real. Real stories, real parenting. The teen years are real messy and there aren't many right answers. But the more we trust ourselves and trust our teens, the better the outcomes can be. The parenting we talk about over here is relationship-centered. You won't find a lot of talk about punishment, consequences, or rewards. What you will hear is a lot of encouragement about connection, curiosity, and life skill development. Our teens are on their own journey, and while we get to walk next to them for a bit, we don't get to walk for them. Their work is to learn from the tension of their life. Our work is to support them and love them along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. Welcome to the show. My guest today is my friend and colleague, Fernanda Lee. Fernanda holds a degree in business administration and worked for Accenture, Bank of America, and other investment brokers until she became a mother and decided to learn more about child development. So she went back to school and now holds a master's degree in education with Pupil Personnel Services Credential and has served as a school counselor in elementary and middle public schools. She is a lead trainer in positive discipline, serving parents, health professionals, teachers, early childhood educators, couples, and professionals in the workplace in the United States, Brazil, Portugal, and Luxembourg. Fernanda was featured in two national magazines, Escola and English as a Foreign Language, discussing the practical application of positive discipline in the classroom. She is very thankful to be raising her two teenagers with positive discipline, as without it, she would have pulled all of her beautiful hair out. Hi, Fernanda. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. I am so looking forward to this conversation. 
I'm so excited too. Before I hit record, I just had to tell you, and I want to let the listeners in on it. I had to say, I feel like we're kind of the lone wolves who are really excited about talking about positive discipline with teens. And it's just, I mean, my soul is so happy to be getting ready to have this conversation with you as someone who gets excited about the teenager conversation. So yay. Yeah, that's a good timing, the life of anyone to be going through that. It's scary. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And I just love watching you like you. So everyone, (laughs) Fernanda and I, we see each other like once a year at a conference and you have so much poise and grace. And I just love the way you hold yourself. And even as you move through the room. It's because I dance ballet. I, well, you can tell. <laughs> like, it's obvious. You, I just love it. And watching you on Instagram, I mean, you speak Portuguese. You're speaking Portuguese in your yes, work on that's Instagram. that's my native language. That's your native language. And I don't understand Portuguese, but I love to watch you speak it. <laughs> and then I hit the, and if I'm reading your posts, I'm so grateful that I can hit translate so that I can see what you're talking about. But it just seems like you're having a really good time doing the work that you do. Yes. You know, and it shows on screen. Yeah. If you are being real or if you are faking it. Yeah. And when your teenagers want to be part of something that you do, you celebrate inside and say, Yay, I'm doing something that they don't feel embarrassed that they want to be part of. (laughs) Just like, Yes, I'm on the right track. That's so funny. (laughs) Rowan, my oldest, who's 19, has been doing my show notes for me and she stopped. She's, moved on. She's no longer writing my show notes. And so I asked her last night, I said, do you miss listening to me every week as you write the notes? She's like, well, she goes, it's weird. She's like, I'm not going to listen to your podcast like on my own for no reason, but I do miss listening to you every week. So I thought that was really sweet. And I felt like that was a win. Oh my yeah, gosh. Was pretty cool. this, is, this is a win. Can I share another win? Yeah. My son has a girlfriend. They've been dating for three years. Oh, and that's she serious. Has been a little bit difficult in this last <laughs> month, <laughs> according to his words. And he came to me and said, Mom, you know, I had to use one of your positive discipline tools, which is give limited choices to her. <laughs> Love it. And it's like, it actually worked. I said, Oh, Good. What did you learn from it? It's just like, I'm going to keep doing that. (laughs) So it's another win. Yes. Great, 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 great. So tell me how you got into positive discipline. How did you find it? And like, take a moment and tell us, because I mentioned in your bio, all the people that you work with, I don't think my audience realizes the expanse of the certification trainings that are available through positive discipline. We talk about that. Yeah, but when I started, I didn't know what was positive discipline. It was like a embarrassing moment and also a pivot moment in my life. My kids were really small babies. My daughter was one and a half. My son was four. They were enrolled in a child development based on Project Zero from Harvard, the one that incentivized multiple intelligences and beautiful work that they do. And they were there waiting for me to pick them up. Everything was fine. I greet the owner of the child development at the door. The educators were with my babies. And as soon as they saw me, Casey, they started fighting Mm -hmm. like among themselves. 
And I was just like, I had to walk the death hallway, right? Everybody watching me to see what is she going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was horrible. I wanted to be the judge. I wanted to be the life savior and justice. Like who wanted to what? And it was very, very embarrassing mm-hmm. because everybody left crying, including me. Mm. The next day, I did not want to drop them off. I was so embarrassed and I had to go. And the owner of the child development was at the door and she said, hey, good morning and welcome. And by the way, here's the book. And she brings the book, the positive discipline book in Portuguese. Say here, maybe you can find some other ways to deal with sibling rivalry that doesn't look like a formula. Mm-hmm. And I was inside, it was just like, oh, that's the testament I needed that I really, I am bad mom. And I went home and I started reading the book, couldn't put it down until I finished reading the whole book. Mm-hmm. And I said, how come people all over the world don't leave the maternity, the baby one hand and the book in the other hand? Mm-hmm. Because this is like such a relieving information and give us principles to actually understand what's going on with our generation Mm -hmm. and tools to actually deal with those everyday problems. Mm -hmm. So then I decided to just ask people, hey, have you read this book? You know, there are questions at the end of each chapter. Do you want to talk about that? And very informally, I start putting together study groups and found other mothers and fathers who are going through the same struggles. And when I moved to the United States, I decided to do a certification for parents. And I felt like, wow, this is really impactful. Mm -hmm. What am I doing in business world? I need to go into the child development world. And it changed my life. It changed my career. And then I decided to, you know, keep pursuing, became a trainer in positive discipline, then a lead trainer, as you are also a lead trainer. And It never stopped. I mean, I decided to take a certification for positive discipline in the classroom, positive discipline for early childhood, positive discipline in the workplace, for couples. And today I teach the five of them, the five certifications. And also I am a pioneer in bringing certifications to the Portuguese language Mm -hmm. in Brazil and in countries in Europe. You're a rock star, basically. <laughs> I feel like it changed my life. It can change the life of so many other mothers. I know. It's good to feel like a rock star, but I want to be a rock star in my own life. You yeah, know what I mean? totally. I want to wake up in the morning, feel like I can do this. Yeah. Hey, friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season, and this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. 
When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. I mean, just listening to your story, I mean, my kids were the same age when I found positive discipline and it's emotional to think about how this philosophy, this lifestyle really has, you know, pivoted, made such an impact on my life as a human being, right? Because like you said, there's programs for couples, bringing it into the workplace, into the classroom, as well as in the home and in preschool settings. It's because it's about being in relationship with other human beings, you know, and I love that your son, you know, picked up on, oh, I can try one of those things that mom talks about here and how useful he found it to be in his relationship with his girlfriend. And I'm so grateful, right? I'm so grateful for, you know, for me, it was my girlfriend, Jeanette, who was like, you know, because I was teaching a different thing, a different program for parents. And she was like, I think you might like this other thing. And I'm so grateful to her. And I'm sure I'm hearing you so grateful for that, you know, that preschool person who was like, here you go, check this out. And then where we can go with it, I think is really special. I'm getting ready to do a certification training with Julietta Skoog starting tomorrow, training a new group of parent educators. And it's just the impact that we get to have as we train people to go out in the world and train people. It's just such a gift. It's such a gift. It makes me so happy. We're going to talk about teenagers though. We're going to talk about teenagers. So what I want to know from you, because you came into positive discipline, your kids were little, 
And now, so your son is, is he 17? Yeah, my son is 17 and my daughter is 14. Okay, yes. And everyone knows mine are 19 and 17. So I'm a couple years ahead, but the same age spread. So as your kids moved into adolescence, we're going to talk about positive discipline during the adolescent years. What did you notice about your own practice of being, you know, of really embracing positive discipline while also having that shift in who they be during the adolescent years? What have you noticed? You know, Casey, for me, I don't know if it was the same thing for you because you started when your kids were little. I said, I'm going to invest my time and energy in positive discipline. I really want to put that time to make it work and test the tools because when they turn into teenagers that we hear so many horrible things and very scary, Mm -hmm. I will be like, this is like insurance. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to be just fine. I'm going to just roll in the ocean of no waves when they are teenagers. However, when they start turning to a teenager, which is is a process, mm-hmm. it feels like the rule of the game changes and nobody tells you what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, what am I, <laughs> what I'm doing? You know, things that used to work so well are not working anymore. And the thing that made me realize is that I was in shock. Mm-hmm. But nobody tells you that that experience is coming. You know, your babies, your kids who wanted to live with you or next to you when they grow older. Now they say, I want to live in other side of the mm-hmm. country. I don't want to see you. Just like we feel rejected. We feel like almost invalidated everything we did up to now. Mm-hmm. And that's a shock. I don't know if it happened to you. Oh, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. List longtime listeners have like rolled through some pretty intense years with me through the podcast, even. Yeah, I felt like when my oldest, it was around 14, like end of eighth grade, and then just really barreled into the, the gauntlet at the start of ninth grade. I don't know if you felt like that because I was the same way. I was like, oh, teenagers are probably not going to be that hard for me because I've been doing this work and. No, that is a lie. So sorry. Anyone who has younger kids who are listening in now, like it's still like there's no averting teen brain development. Right. And I remember just feeling like, have I been like I was my trust and faith and positive discipline was severely shaken to the point. Same, same here. I was like, what have I been doing this whole like, is this have I been lying to people? And I remember that's when I reached out to our colleagues. You might remember this, but I was like, I want to, I'm going to do an audio summit. I want to interview trainers and lead trainers who already have had teenagers. I am not interested in conversations with people who have not had kids or had teenagers. And I only want to talk to those of you who had kids who had struggles. I don't want to talk to those of you that are like, positive discipline is so magical and we loved the teen years. I don't want that conversation because I don't believe it. And I put together a whole summit and it was for purely selfish reasons. I mean, it was all about like, how can I get it? Because I do believe, I believe in this. And how do we be with our kids 
you know, mistakes are opportunities to learn is a mantra of positive discipline. And then they're teenagers and, you know, they're telling you mine, at least were telling me things like, yeah, I tried vaping or I got high for my first time at the football game. And I'm like, how do I sit with this in a way that is going to maintain relationship and continue to open up conversation and support them in being critical thinkers about the choices that they're making, especially when they're doing making mistakes, but it's like they're getting away with things. So it's not necessarily like now I've gotten caught and I have to deal with the natural consequences. It's more of just like, hey, mom, we've got this relationship and I'm going to tell you all the things. I didn't realize how hard that would be. What I've learned is like, and we say this, right? Even when parents are parenting young kids, who you be is more important than what you do. And that in the teen years, like should be in neon lights, right? Yes. And the being changes. Mm. This is the thing. For me, the shock happened because I needed to change. Mm. And I did not know who my child was turning into. And I did not know what kind of mother I was going to turn into. And that was the part that makes us so confused. Yeah. You said anything surprising. The surprise was that. Just like, I need to change it. I don't know how. Yeah. Or change because into I'm what? Because I'm so used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the being needs to change. And being uncomfortable, it's hard for the human being. So what happened is that I pick up the book, Positive Discipline for Teenagers. And Jane Nelson is just so wonderful in her writings because it feels like she's writing to us. Yeah. And knowing the signs, what's normal Mm -hmm. for teenagers? Because it will happen different for Rowan and your other child and Mm -hmm. for Katie, for my daughter and for Chris, for my son. There are certain nuances that will be different for each teenager, but there are certain things that are the same. They do want more space. They do want to close the door and put on the door, you know, get out. (laughs) Stay out. (laughs) (laughs) T-W. Yes. Which you have to Google. You don't know what it means. But it's just like, I never expected my little kid to do this. He's turning into a monster. So the surprising part is that you get into a shock that your son or daughter is going through this period of discovering and exploring as you are too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people changing to adapt to a change that we don't know how change is going to look like. Yeah. So it's messy. Yeah. But that was the most surprising thing for me. Yeah. And that I think we have this false sense of control when they're little. And, you know, I know there's a lot of parents who are like, yeah, my littles, they were already hard. Right. And but for some of us, you know, you feel like you have a handle on things and you're using the tools and everybody's somewhat compliant. And, you know, you get this false sense of, oh, I've got this. I have control over this situation. And then, yeah, adolescence rolls around. And I mean, I remember being like, oh, I actually have very little control here and doing my own work around the difference between control and influence and recognizing that influence comes from relationship, right? And that was a big piece for me. And even now, like, 
even now I feel, you know, I'm in that, I can feel that tension of wanting to like shut something down and realizing actually what's going to be the most useful here is to lean in and to be curious and to ask questions so that my child can explore in a way that leads them to the best choice for them, right? And that it takes so much faith, right? And trust. And courage. And letting go and (laughs) surrender. Oh my God, yes. You know what was helpful for me? Two things. First, to remember that positive discipline teaches principles and is a real test to put those principles into action, Mm -hmm. to leave those principles. If you truly believe Mm -hmm. you said faith, you know, have faith that everyone deserves dignity and respect when your child is saying, I want to run away. She's like, I never expected my little baby with blue eyes, you know, that I hold so dear in my arms. And I still see my son, you know, like a, a baby. Why? You know, I, we refuse. And then you see your son now with a big voice saying, I don't agree with you. You And it's just like, it's 11 o'clock at night and you're having this endless argument that you know it's not going anywhere, but he still wants to talk about. It's just like, yeah, now try to put that in practice. Try to be respectful. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me to ground me Mm -hmm. to say, okay, what's the principle I can lean on Mm -hmm. that would be helpful because I don't want to screw this up by saying something that you will be a mess for me to fix down the road. And the second thing that really helped me is to revisit me as a teenager Mm -hmm. because we carry unresolved issues (laughs) or resolved issues that now you think it was resolved, but it's not resolved because your child taps into something that either you did or you were afraid when you were a teenager. And now the fear all comes into a wave, just like, oh, mm-hmm. how about if my son does that? Because I never did that. And that internal talk can be brutal mm-hmm. if you don't know yourself. So you got to know yourself. Yes, I love that. I just actually got off the phone with my sister. <laughs> and her, she is a baby who will be one next week and a five-year-old. So she's in the early years time. And we just talked about that. We just talked about, you know, being with the discomfort of our kids or our grown, you know, our siblings or our parents or our partners is so hard for us. And we were talking, she had called me and she, cause we had had a conversation about this in the context of my brother who is sick. And I was talking about being with him in the darkness of the range of reality of outcome for him right now. And she said, I've been thinking about that. And she told me a story about her daughter had fell down yesterday and really clocked her chin and was just falling like big whales. Jamie said, I just, I took her to the urgent care. She's like, and ultimately I just wanted them to sedate her. I just wanted them to calm her (laughs) down because it was so hard to be with that Mm pain and discomfort. And she was asking me about, you know, how do I get started in that? Because, you know, and and the unfortunate answer is you have to be relentless in choosing in, like you just have to be consistent and consistently go there 
And over time, a lot of time in practice and high repetition, it becomes something that is a little bit easier each time. I think with our teenagers, that's, and that's something my daughter Rowan, like, gave me huge training ground in, right? Was because she would demand, I was very much wanting to fix and like, let's stay positive here. Like take a walk, do some yoga, drink some water. You can feel better. And she would say, mom, this is how I feel. And I'm going to sit in it and you can either sit in it or you can leave. Wow. You know, that's wise. Yeah. That so is wise, wise from her oh my part. Gosh. Well, it was a long period of time. We got better at communic. Both of us on both sides got better at communicating. But yeah, I think that that is, for me, one of the biggest challenges. I mean, aside from like the standard, you know, substance experimentation and curfew and like, you know, attitude and not doing chores. For me, probably the biggest challenge has been to be with them regardless in whatever emotional state they're in, in a way that is supportive and validating and just not fixing, right? Yeah. Well, Jay Nelson writes, who your teenager is today is not who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. And I feel like, how can I believe that in that moment? Yes, totally, totally. Like, are you sure? (laughs) That can't be true for my kid, right? Like, exactly. Oh my God. And the relationship that you have with your teenager right now doesn't necessarily indicate the relationship that you'll have with them forever either. Yeah. And just to continue the thought is that when you are going through the nightmare, the the wave, just you don't want to believe. But as the wave goes and the ocean comes down, you say, oh, I can see that. Yeah. The way I react on the moments of panic, you actually shape mm-hmm. the experience for me and for my child and this relationship you just mentioned about. Yeah. So I think there's so much truth to that, that if you hold on to, yeah, they're not going to be like this. It can actually help you navigate the tough times. Right. They're not going to be like this forever. So I'm not going to act as if they're going to be like this forever. That it changes the yeah. way we accept and uh, react or respond to that very tough situation. Well, and what I moment. love, yeah, let's stay on this thread. So what I love about that, if that's a, if we hold that as a truth, right, they're not going to be, this is not who they are going to be forever, then that releases me from this feeling of responsibility that I need to do something to change who they are right now right? It feels like, okay, this is where they're at. And I love what you said about how we are, how we be in those times of crisis is absolutely going to influence what, you know, what lies in the future. I have a couple of clients who, you know, their teens are having a really tough time. There's a lot of anger and defiance and pushing away. And I'm always looking for better ways of articulating how, you know, the way you respond right now is absolutely going to, you know, because the kids, once they move through the wave, whether it takes a week or a month or years, they're going to get to a place and either say, yeah, my mom, my dad, they made it harder for me, right? Like I feel judged. My worthiness is in a tough place because of how they responded to me. Or my parent never left my side. 
I knew that they loved me through it. I knew I could count on them when I was ready to count on them. That, you know, if what we want ultimately is a relationship with our adult kids, which I think we all do, there's a lot to be said for how we show up inside of what can feel like a crisis or a challenge. But I love that. Ah, you know, I don't have it here, but usually I do have a Velcro on my desk. And this is an analogy that helped me remember her name. I can see her. It's Jody McVitie's sister. Sahara. Sahara. Yeah. She uses this analogy. So this is her credit. Okay. But it helped me so much. The Velcro. Yeah. Right. You have the crispy part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the teenager? Please tell me that's the teenager. The crispy it's, it's part. It's the firm part. <laughs> okay. The crispy part of the Velcro. Yes. The pokey part. Help me find a better word. The rough part. The rough part, yes. I don't know. I like crispy. (laughs) It's the firmness. And you have the soft part, which is the kindness. Yeah. And you need both. Right. Right. So when the teenager shows up with a behavior like, I want this, I want to go, I want this, they come with something and you just react with the firmness. No, you're not going, Mm -hmm. you know, because who the adult here is me. And I am telling you, you don't know. There's no glued to it. You know, this tough part is just not going to stick to anything. Mm -hmm. You need the softness as well, Mm -hmm. which is, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about it. Mm -hmm. Let me understand how you think, why this is important to you. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and find a common ground. If we can't, then I'll have to decide, Mm -hmm. you know, so without that kindness, Mm -hmm. there is no firmness. Mm -hmm. So, That's why positive discipline for me is so, it's like, as you said, it's a philosophy of life is the way you move through life. You have to bring this softness in you, Mm -hmm. which not all the time has to be firmness to show who is the authority here in the house. It's me. Just like if you soften a little bit and you remember how you were a teen and what you needed that would help you with the kindness, mm-hmm. which is also so important. Yeah. And that's why you don't have to control all the time. Mm-hmm. Control is the tough part mm-hmm. of the Velcro. You just try to, you know, yeah. put limits and do this and do that. You know, I'm afraid you're going to do this because you don't know it. You want freedom and you don't want the responsibility. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're like nailing their windows closed or something ridiculous, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And you were like with a Velcro trying to stick and nothing yeah. sticks because you didn't build the kindness. Yeah. And we're so good with the kindness when our kids are babies, mm-hmm. when they're little and they're so adorable and they talk like this <laughs> and they say something wrong. And you feel like, oh my gosh, I want to tell everyone. I want to post a video. But when your teenager messes up, you don't want to post a video. Yeah. Where is the kindness part? Mm-hmm. Say, hey, pick up your stuff and I'm here to help you. And when your son or daughter says, you know, I want to pick up my stuff, say, okay, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And I know you can do it because I've seen you show perseverance or patience. Mm-hmm. And I know you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for you. This is the kindness part Yeah, that I think it misses to complete with the firmness when we need to put boundaries yeah. and limits. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? 
<sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, I definitely, when I think of those two words and listeners, if you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me talk about kind and firm, kind and firm. I like to also think about it as two words that you actually have used already, which is connection. Like that kindness is really about connecting and the firmness is like you just said about boundaries and not only boundaries for our kids, but boundaries like our personal boundaries too, right? And I love how kindness and firmness fits inside of mutual respect. And I love in positive discipline because I think a lot of times, you know, kind of the traditional, the old, well, to me, it's the old news. The old way of thinking about mutual respect is like, yeah, you're respectful to me and I'm respectful to you. You have to earn my respect by how you treat me. And I love that positive discipline turns that on its head and says, no, actually, I'm going to be respectful to you. I'm going to respect you and your needs and where you're at your development, while also respecting myself and the situation that's happening. It feels so freeing not to be dependent on, well, I can't, I'm not going to be respectful to you because you're being an asshole, basically, to me. I need to say something about <laughs> okay, that do it, because do it, I'm do just it. so excited, you know. This conversation <laughs> We're geeking out. I love it, Brene. Last that's two so hours, awesome. <laughs> you know, just sharing practical wisdom here. I recently read a book by two Adlerian therapists, and I have only in Portuguese, but I Ugh. will is it in get English? the name in English because this book okay. is just so amazing. It's The Courage to Be Happy. I think this is it, Ooh. but let me, The Courage is this. And just reminding everyone, positive discipline comes from Adlerian philosophy. And yes. so when... Fernanda says, written by two Adlerian therapists, it means that they're trained in the grounding and in the philosophy of where positive discipline was birthed from. Yes. Okay, so what's it this is a really good book to start if you are more interested into the theory behind positive discipline. So the name of the book is The Courage to Be Happy. Okay. It's by Ishiro Kishimi and Fumitaki Koga, two Japanese therapists. Okay. And it's a dialogue between a philosopher and a young man who questions everything. Wait, 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 wait. Is this the courage to be liked? This is the second book because <gasps> oh, the first cool. one is the courage to be disliked. Okay, okay. <laughs> the is first the book okay. is the courage to be disliked is the same authors. 
same okay. type of conversation. So this is the right, continuation right, right. of the first so one. And the philosopher writes about respect, and he writes something like that. I'm just going to pick up from memory and translate because I'm reading that in Portuguese. But he says, respect is actually showing interest into other people's preoccupations or interests or whatever they are attuned to. So this is respect. When you show yeah. interest to what other people feel it's important. And it was a new way for me to look, oh my gosh, that's true. Because so many times we demand respect. Hey, look at me, respect me, because I am your yeah. mother. I know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But respect, as you said, you cannot be demand. You can only, you know, be modeled. Mm -hmm. So let me show interest to what you are interested in. A lot of parents that I serve, they don't think it's important. They don't think, mm -hmm. oh, my son is preoccupied with this. This is nothing. Well, Yeah. for your teenager is huge. You remember when you were a teenager and the things that you were worried about, they're not worried about anymore because you went through a process of understanding, giving a new meaning, you know, and living a little bit of more of a life that gives you perspective and experience. Your mm -hmm. son or daughter don't have that yet. But if you mm -hmm. show, meet with where they are now, that is respectful. Yeah. So I like this definition of respect. I wonder what you think. Yes. Yes, me too. What you're triggering in me is something that came up. So I went through dialectic behavioral therapy program with my daughter a couple years ago, and it was so useful and so much overlap with what we share. And I just love it. And one of the principles that has stuck with me is that we all have equally valid separate realities, right? And that's what I'm hearing you say. Like a teenager who's preoccupied with something that doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to us, it is an equally valid separate reality, right? The war that my husband's in with our neighbors was recently <laughs> like, listen, They are sitting inside of their equally valid separate reality and experiencing us probably in a really similar way that we're experiencing Bravo. them. So, Bravo. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And by the way, Fernanda, I love that I'm hardly using my outline at all right now. This is such a fun conversation. <laughs> the other piece too is that, so how do you help parents who are in that like kind of, you know, it's like pulling somebody through the sand when there is resistance to recognizing that our teenagers' experiences are valid? Like, how do you help parents? What are some thoughts you have around supporting parents in letting go of kind of the grip they have on, no, they're being ridiculous or they're being illogical or they're being irrational? How do you help parents soften towards opening up to the possibility that they're actually just in their experience? Good question. The million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't you have the perfect answer to that? Let's take a break for the advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we can tease it apart because I'm confronted by that all the time too, you know, especially with one-on-one -on -one clients who are like, no, they need to know X, Y, Z. They need to do X, Y, Z. So here's one way to approach that. You only teach through modeling, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think the parents come to us to ask for advice. They are asking for validation. They are also asking, do you see me? And 
their tools aren't working. This is why they're coming to us. Mm-hmm. It's not because they have a problem. It's because the tools they know how to solve that problem aren't working anymore. And I think the same thing goes the relationship teenager-parent. Those tools mm-hmm. that teenagers have aren't working anymore. This is why it escalates. So one way to approach this is to use the tools we have of positive discipline and model that to the parent. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's asking a curiosity question. Tell me more about it. Why this bothers you so much when your mm-hmm. son stays in the room with the door closed and doesn't want to go to school? Tell me, what are your biggest fears? Mm-hmm. How are you when you were a teenager? Because sometimes there is no match, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. that parent who is complaining, it was a super good student and the parent did yeah. not need to nag. So tell me your story so I can see or try to see the problem through your viewpoint so I can help you find different ways to approach this because I don't have the Mm -hmm. solution. But if Mm -hmm. the both of us talk about it, then we can expand our perspective to find a way to connect with that teenager. Mm -hmm. So it's based on that. So a lot is I'm talking to that person, to that parent, to that caregiver. And then now that you explain that to me, what are you going to do about it? Because on that same book, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we're going to read happy. this book. We're going to have a book club. Actually, I'm leading a book club about that book in Portuguese. That's why it's just in oh, my awesome. mind is that we tend to tell a story saying, poor me, I'm doing everything for my son. My son is not replying with love and being grateful or he, you know, this diminished. It's not what I taught. Those are the part that poor me and or they react by saying the other people are being mean. The other people are the responsible for me to be acting like this. And very rarely we see, oh, we have a problem here. I am part of the equation. Either I can be part of the solution or I can be part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And we parents, most of the time, unconsciously, we are part of the Mm -hmm. problem. Because we're trying to solve our problem. Right. We're not trying to help our children learn life skills that can actually help them down the road. And when we shift that, she's like, huh, how can I be part of the solution? What can I stop doing that I'm doing that bothers my son? Just like, for example, Mm -hmm. stop talking about colleges. They don't want to talk about colleges all the time. Talking about colleges is important. To you, you want to see you succeeded as a parent because you put your child into a college in a good one. Ivy League, Mm -hmm. top five, U.S. news. (laughs) So let's talk about that. I don't want to talk about that because I have the Uh rights. Yeah, you have the rights. And your son has his own life too. So he can go to college and go unhappy to make you happy. Or he can go to college because he went through the process of seeing his aptitudes and seeing, having mm-hmm. the experience to actually leave those aptitudes through work <laughs> that mm-hmm. wants him to go to college. Yeah. Which scenario do you want? Right, right. I love that. I think that's super valid to my listeners too. And I love what you said around parents coming to us and really wanting validation and to be seen because <laughs> that's the exact thing that our kids want, Right. Like it's what we all want. We want to be validated. We want to be seen. 
and held really in whatever it is that we're going through. And it reminds me too of, you know, we talk a lot about the iceberg metaphor and what I'm hearing you speak into around being solution minded is really looking under, you know, instead of like pecking away at the tip of the iceberg and the behavior that's presenting itself, instead recognizing that whatever is happening underneath the surface is really the place to explore because that's what is going to shift behavior in a meaningful and a sustainable way because we grow through that beneath the surface of the iceberg work. Like that's where we grow and that's where we evolve. You know, putting the hammer down or, you know, using coercion or manipulation to get the behavior to go away isn't doing anything to shift or expand how our teens are feeling inside of their experience. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that. And most of all, they're learning boundaries. Yeah. Because my daughter the other day said, mom, I want to go to the Melbourne Park. And in my mind, it's just like, no way you're not going. To the what park? End of the conversation. Right? This <laughs> what is, park? What park was uh, it's it? It's called Belmont Park. Belmont. Oh, Belmont Park. Yes. Okay. You're in San Diego, right? I am. Okay. So. What goes on in Belmont That's park? on my mind saying, right? <laughs> Instinctive <laughs> mode. Yeah. But that's not what my mouth said. And I try to, you know, contain my demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I use a three-step process that I teach my parents to that help me ground me and say, this conversation needs to be short, needs to be kind, and needs to be firm. So the three mm-hmm. steps goes like this, facts, values, and limits. Facts, value, limits. Every time I have a really, really tough conversation that I don't know what I'm going to say, it pops in my mind is three words. So I go facts. Oh, you want to go to Belmont Park because... Um, All my friends are going and we think we're going to be so much fun and we're going to be there between six and eight o'clock at night. Okay, so let me share something with you. In that park, let's go the facts. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to find two sentences that can fit that category. In that park, there are a lot of homeless people. I know there are loose bullets and people who use drugs and guns are around there. And I know people have been killed in that park. And I just want you to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. That's just facts, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing beyond that. Two sentences. Then it goes to values. What are my values that I'm trying to teach her? So I am concerned that, not for you, because I know you're a smart lady with your friends. However, sometimes when we are just women, we can be a target. And my Mm -hmm. value is that I respect myself and I respect and I care for the safety of my friends as well. And I don't want to put Mm -hmm. any of your friends in risk. Mm -hmm. That's the value that I shared Mm -hmm. with her. Caring Mm -hmm. and respect for self. And Mm -hmm. I go to limits, like the boundaries. I say, that park you are not going. I'm not taking Mm -hmm. you and I'm not allowing you to go. So it's a Mm -hmm. hard no, right? Mm -hmm. And... Oh, everyone... Let's just pause for a moment and respect and celebrate the fact that hard no's are allowed. Yes. Right? No. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Carry on. And so the limits. The limits. Nope. Like the boundaries. And you're not going there. I'm not taking you and I'm not allowing you to go with your friends. 
and you can choose another place to go. Now, do you want some ideas? Would you like me mm -hmm. to take you to the zoo? Would you like to bring your friends here, go to the beach? Would you like me to think about other places you can go? And at that moment, I felt like I was trying to read her reaction. She was having a really hard time to absorb all that. And I know it's a lie. And I, mm -hmm. like in my mind, I need to count to 10 to allow her to have the reaction she has because she's allowed mm -hmm. to have her feelings. I don't want her to feel good from what I said. I want her to feel that she was heard mm -hmm. and there are boundaries. That was mm -hmm. my goal. If she's mm -hmm. going to be sad and call me the most mean mom in the world and I'm really conservative, whatever they want to say, rah, rah, mm -hmm. it's not going to affect me because the, the teaching isn't make you feel good. It's make mm -hmm. you feel like, yeah, there are certain times that are boundaries. So she complained for five minutes. It was horrible. My job was to keep, you know, a tape, an imaginary tape in my mouth like this. Mm -hmm. Fernanda, mm -hmm. whatever you do, just don't say anything. Don't roll your eyes either. Just let her oh, have her yeah. feelings. And then after that, she texts her friends and then decided to go to another place. Yeah. So yeah. you see how being firm and kind and the moment of the wave, the big wave, if you can hold to your firmness and kindness, it can really be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I really appreciated, Fernanda, is that five minute, like that reminder that to expect the response to be, huh, thanks for laying that out for me, mom. You're right. I don't want to go to Belmont Park. Like it's a inappropriate expectation, right? Like to hold space for her experience of disappointment and discouragement and mad at you and worried about what her friends are going to say, whatever's going on internally for her. I feel like it's so respectful to offer, to hold a space for them to be inside of that without adding our own stuff. I just really appreciate that. And I think that's around, you know, that's really where we get to not take it personally when she's mad at you and you're so strict and rah, rah, rah. And the other mistake Such parents do, it's just like they want to keep going into the conversation. Oh. They want to have the final saying. They want to have the best argument that will win at all when you already yeah. won by being that influence that we talked about yes. in the beginning of this podcast. You yes. do not have to control. I don't have to control my daughter's reaction and expecting her to thank me. I can just yeah. be that influence. <laughs> and she keeps totally. bugging me and said, this is a no. This is a, let's yeah. think about other places. You know, if you just open your mouth to redirect, you use your influence with such a more positive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking at the time and I was very confident that we would be complete by 10 o'clock. Do you have a couple more minutes? I, I do. have a couple more questions. Okay, great. Ten. Perfect. Yay! 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, great. Well, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up because there was so much in this conversation, Fernanda, that I want listeners to really sit with. I think this is going to be one of those conversations to listen to a few times, everyone, because there's big things that we highlighted. And then there was a lot of small little nuanced things that I think, you know, we do an activity called the continuum of change and you don't really, and it's all about, you know, unconscious unskilled, consciously skilled as we learn new things and we get to that place of unconsciously skilled. I think you and I doing this work for as long as we've done it, there's a lot of things that we don't realize are now a part of us, but other people are still working on 
creating. So I encourage listeners to, you know, go to the beginning, listen again, Good listen point. a few times. Yeah, because I think there's a lot here that we don't even realize that we're dropping these little nuggets. So Ah, so good. I'm so grateful that you are out in the world. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that you leave listeners with today, Fernanda, before we get to my final question? It's worth it. Positive discipline is worth it. And it's not permissive. It's not like, well, I don't, I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to put limits. Teenagers need limits. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to know what's appropriate limit. Yeah. That means you yeah. need to get to know yourself. And sometimes you just get to know yourself at the times of the conflict. Yeah. So take that opportunity to say, why is this bothering me so much? Why is it so important for me, for my son to go to college? So work that out with somebody, with mm-hmm. a friend or your spouse or a therapist, because mm-hmm. I really think that our teenagers want strong parents. When they are rocking yeah. and they're confusing, they're exploring, they want to go back to a safe board and feeling like yeah. if I tell my parents that I try vaping, they're not going to freak out. They're going to say, hey, I'm not, I'm upset and I want to talk mm-hmm. about it. This carry for me. This is a safe yeah. board. They want to go back yeah. to that kind of parent. So if we yeah. can be more and more that safe board, we will build a relationship that will allow us to enjoy our kids when they were babies when they're little kids, when they're teenagers, and when they're grown adults, that they're going to mm-hmm. be their own. I want to have a relationship with my grown children yeah, and their children. So yeah. I need to learn how to not be invasive and be this person who is pleasant, who celebrates. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll say, hey, have you thought about that? This is not healthy. And I wonder yeah. what you think. Having that openness without feeling judged Because I know how it is to feel judged by a parent or a teacher or a friend. It's horrible. You don't want to share anything with them. So I want my children to share because they are becoming wonderful people. They are. Yeah. And I'm really proud of them. Yeah, I love that. So I always finish asking my guests, what does joyful courage mean to you? You know, courage is that like you, you are here in this podcast sharing your experiences, even though you're not perfect. Courage is to ask for a hug from your teenager. It's to share what you have learned with other people, is to celebrate the mistakes and give a new meaning. I mean, courage is really, it's what we need to live life. Without that, we don't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So we need courage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Where can people find you and follow your work? <laughs> okay, if you want to learn Portuguese and see <laughs> the my silly TikToks and reels with my kids, because they do participate in some of them. And I ask permission. I only post when they say, yes, yes mom, you can post this. It's Filosofia Positiva Oficial. I know Casey is going to put out there. I'll put that in the show notes. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's my Instagram and my website, philosophiapositiva.com.br for Brazil. Do you do any of the trainings in English? I do. And I post on the positivediscipline.org website. Okay, great. I do teach in English. Yeah, so if you're listening, great, 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 great. So if you're listening, I'm confident in saying that, you know, 98% of my listeners are speak English. 
I don't know how many English is their second language. I have no idea how many are native Portuguese speakers. Yeah, tell us if you are. Tell yeah, us. Tell right us. In the comments. Phone it in. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, the workshops that Fernanda leads, like I want to just mention again, there's Empowering People in the Workplace, which is a positive discipline workshop. There's Keeping the Joy in Marriage. Again, the tools applied in the context of romantic relationship. There's early childhood trainings. There's the teaching parenting trainings and the positive discipline in the classroom training. So again, as she mentioned, go to positivediscipline.org to find out what she's got going on as far as those certification trainings. And this was so fun. Thank you for spending time with me. I appreciate you. Such a beautiful conversation with my friend. I learned so much from you. Thank you for doing what you do. You're welcome. You are needed. As are you. All right. Thank you again for listening in to another show. Please check the show notes for any links mentioned in this episode. If you liked what you heard today, will you do me a favor and share it? Screenshot the show, plaster it all over your socials so that other parents know that we are creating value over here for them. If you really want to earn a gold star, Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. This does so much for the show, for the exposure. It's a great way to give back. Thank you to my team at Sproutable for all your support. Alana, Julieta, I love you so much. Thank you to Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for keeping the show sounding so good. And you, listener, thank you for continuing to show up. This is hard work that we're doing. I encourage you in this moment together, let's take a deep breath in and follow that into your body. Hold it for a moment. Exhale. And with that exhale, release the tension. And I invite you to trust. Trust that everything is going to be okay. I'm so happy to support you. So glad to have spent time with you today. I'll see you next week. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.